What is up, my friends and fellow busy bees? If you've been here for a while now, then you have probably already heard the other podcast episode that I did all about safety equipment that you wear while refinishing furniture, or that you should be wearing while refinishing furniture. Don't worry, I forget things every now and then as well. It's all good. We're here to teach and to learn and to do better. But if you missed it, that was episode 47, if you would like to go back and tune in. I had gotten a lot of really great feedback on that episode, and people kept saying that they learned things that they didn't already know, so that is amazing because that is the whole point of this podcast, is to educate and hopefully inspire people who are doing furniture makeovers or who are interested in starting to do them so that they can do them correctly and keep themselves safe while doing so. Today, I wanted to do a complimentary episode talking about more safety equipment, but not necessarily safety equipment that you wear. This is safety equipment that is handy to have available to you and at the ready, whether you use it all the time or you just have it available to you should you need it and it could help you out to keep you extra safe or extra protected during certain projects. Before we jump into the episode, a very friendly reminder and gentle pleading to you. If you have not yet rated or left a review on the podcast and you tune in regularly and you absolutely love it, if you could please take 10 seconds right now to pop into the podcast player that you're listening on and leave it a rating out of five stars. And if you have the time or have something to say, also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps others to discover the podcast because as they're searching for something new to listen to, they will see all those beautiful, wonderful, hopefully five-star reviews and all the great loving words about the show and want to check it out themselves. So that just makes me be able to do this longer term to be able to bring you more educational content and hopefully some entertainment. All right, so for today's episode, I have five tools or pieces of safety equipment to walk you through. And then make sure you stay tuned until the end of the episode because I also have some other safety-related information that I wanted to mention quickly here. We will be diving into some of it further with an upcoming guest that you can get excited for in the meantime as well. The first thing is a very important piece of your furniture painting and refinishing toolkit to have handy, which is a lead paint test kit. This is fairly inexpensive. You can get them on Amazon for like less than $20 for a kit with 60 swabs, but they are integral for your health and your safety when refinishing older pieces. So listen up if this is brand new information to you. Basically, lead used to be added to many household products which included paint, and in paint, it was added to accelerate drying time, increase durability to maintain a fresh appearance, enhance colors in the paint itself, and to resist moisture that could cause corrosion over time. Thanks to science advancements over the years, we now know that lead is dangerous to our health, so it's no longer added for this purpose. However, since we often encounter furniture pieces that are 20, 50, 100, or 150 years old, you never really know if or when you may encounter a piece that was painted with a lead additive. In order to avoid ending up with lead poisoning by disturbing this kind of paint, you want to first do a test with one of these testing kits, or you can go ham and submit it to a testing lab, which would give a much more accurate reading, and ensure that it's safe to work on before you start. 
And if you do detect lead in the piece you sourced, you can go ahead and do your own research on your options. But ultimately, my recommendation is that maybe you skip that piece. The risk to you and ultimately potentially the next person whose home it goes into and if anyone decides to refinish it at some point down the line from there is just too great for me to take on that liability personally and unfortunately we can't save them all but again you do your research and do what feels right for you a reminder that any tool or piece of safety equipment that i mentioned in this episode as always will be linked in the show notes below So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh shit, I do not have that very important sounding piece of safety equipment and I didn't know that it existed, you can hop on over there and grab one for yourself. The next piece of safety equipment is definitely more of an investment and TBH. I don't even have it for myself. However, I can absolutely see the value in investing in one next time. Maybe you see it go on sale because in the long run, your back and body will thank you. That I am sure of. It is something to lift your furniture pieces up, like a vertical hydraulic lift table so that you can bring your pieces up to your eye level so you aren't all hunched over working on your makeovers all the time like I am every single day and then my back is like, what are you doing to me? And this also leads into a safety precaution, which is to make sure that you're paying attention to and taking proper physio care of your body while you're doing this work. Even if you just do it as a hobby here and there, There's still a lot of being hunched over, squatting, bending, lifting, and other impact on our bodies that we may not necessarily notice in the moment, but over time you can start to develop issues from it, so do some research into things that you can be doing to alleviate some of this impact. Things like getting a hydraulic lift table among them so that you don't notice the impact of this work on your poor little body for the rest of your life. This also includes taking intentional and regular breaks during your process just to give your body a breather. So that's a reminder for the go-hards out there who can be submerged into the work for hours and hours on end without coming up for air. Don't worry, I'm one of them too. The next piece of safety equipment is something that will also help to alleviate some of that impact on your body particularly when you're picking up and moving around heavy furniture pieces, whether you have a partner to help you do it or you do it solo. Shoulder lifting straps, or I've also heard them called a shoulder dolly or forearm forklift, are very high up there on my recommendation list as well. These are honestly super smart inventions. Whoever thought these things up and got the patent is hashtag goals because they are super straightforward but they're very effective for their purpose. Essentially they are just two straps that help you to move large or heavy objects more ergonomically. So instead of having all the weight supported by your back you're using leverage with the straps to lift or carry your furniture piece so it seems up to 66% lighter. Something to do with physics. So the way that you use them It also encourages proper form and lifting techniques, so that also reduces the risk of back injury as well. Items also feel more secure and stable when you're carrying them, since the straps are securing the items at eight different touch points versus the two that you would have with your hands, or maybe four if you had a partner to help you move the items. Again, this is a super economical item to have on hand. There's different options out there, but most of them are under the $30 mark. 
I believe I got mine at Home Depot for like 20 bucks. And ultimately, it's investing that nominal amount now to avoid huge costs in your health and physio and medical bills down the road. When it comes to furniture refinishing, it's super important to think about these preventative things because they'll all make a really big difference, especially if you plan to do this in the long term. The fourth safety-related recommendation for your furniture painting and refinishing workshop is to have a shop vac, or if you want to upgrade the investment a bit, a dust extractor. This will not only keep your workshop looking nice and pristine and avoid countless hours of repetitive sweeping of sanding dust, but also keep you and your lungs clean and safe. If you listen to the other episode on safety equipment, you know that a mask or respirator in addition to this will also help to preserve your lung health, but having a shop vac or dust extractor connected to your electric sander or other relevant power tools is also very handy. Many electric sanders have models that you can purchase that have the hookups for a sander already, sorry for a vacuum, so if you are in the market for one right now, keep an eye out for this option. Even if you can't invest in an extractor or a vacuum at this time, although again, you can get quite inexpensive shop vacs or can keep an eye on the clearance section at your local Lowe's or Home Depot, get one that has that option and then you can connect it down the line when you get everything set up. Some quick information from the Canadian Center for Occupational Health and Safety regarding wood dust and why it is a health concern, and you should avoid breathing or ingesting it in any way, which is as follows. Exposure to wood dust has been associated with health issues due to the natural chemicals in wood or substances in the wood, such as bacteria, molds, or fungi. Wood dust is considered carcinogenic to humans, according to the International Agency for Research on Cancer, who states that wood dust causes cancer of the nasal cavity and of the upper part of the throat behind the nose. Wood dust is also associated with toxic effects, irritation of the eyes, nose, and throat, dermatitis, and respiratory system effects, which include decreased lung capacity and allergic reactions. Toxic effects are specific to this species of wood, The chemicals in the wood may be absorbed into the body through the skin, lungs, or digestive system. When the body absorbs the chemical, the chemical may cause headaches, loss of weight, breathlessness, giddiness, cramps, and irregular heartbeat. So yeah, make sure you're protecting yourselves out there, my friends. Another piece of safety equipment that I would recommend having either in your workshop or on hand somewhere close is a stocked first aid kit. God forbid something more extreme happens like a power tool injury or something like that, but even just for the occasional scrapes or nicks that you might get if you knock your hand off of something sharp or you get a splinter from a piece of wood or something, having this handy, well-stocked, and knowing where it is is a lesson that you don't want to learn the hard way, so just be prepared. Although most people probably have a sink either in or nearby their workshop already for washing your hands and cleaning out your paintbrushes, I just wanted to also mention the fact that it's good to have a clean source of running water nearby also in case you happen to get something in your eye and you need to rinse it out immediately. Of course, always make sure that you're wearing protective eyewear when you're working on your furniture flips. However, in the case that you get 
I don't know, a piece of dust, a speck of paint, or some other substance or material in your eye, you want to be able to rinse that out ASAP. So if a water source isn't something already nearby, maybe because you have a bare bones she shed in the back of your property without running water, consider how you can keep a big jug of water or something like that in the corner of your shop for this option should it ever occur. Knocking on wood, but you got to be prepared. All right, and then I just have a couple pointers that are safety related, but aren't necessarily products or equipment, but are useful tidbits for you to know as you complete your furniture makeovers and choose which products you want to use when doing so. Firstly, if you weren't already aware, you can look up safety data sheets, SDS, which are available online for any product that you're using, and you can look these up for free. SDS information may include instructions for the safe use and potential hazards associated with a particular material or product, along with spill handling procedures. So these tell you all about the hazards associated with working with that product, which is super helpful information to know in order to ensure that you're properly protecting yourself with the correct use of safety equipment when working with that product or material. Some useful sections to refer to in these safety data sheets are hazards identification, section two, first aid measures, section four, handling and storage, section seven, and disposal considerations, section 13. Like I said, these are available online. They're required by law, so check out the website of the company or manufacturer that makes the product that you're using. You can also typically find this information on YouTube as well if the manufacturer has an account, and that will show you how to use the product properly and in a safe manner. In addition to learning how to keep yourself and your environment safe while using these products, Many of the product manufacturers will also have instructions just on how to use the product correctly in order to get the best results for your pieces. So again, check out these resources, especially when you're trying out a new product for the first time. It's just worth the time investment up front to figure out all the stuff and then you'll know it and you can avoid any mishaps or shitty results in your finish from the get-go. And something you may not know about me, I love little motivational messages. They always get me fired up, and I keep a running list of ones that are especially catchy or speak to me in the Notes app on my phone. So I end every podcast episode with one that I've noted down over the years in hopes that you leave our time here each week feeling inspired, feeling motivated, and feeling ready to take on whatever comes your way this week. So this week's Mel's motivational message is... We will do things now that other people won't so that later in life we can do things that other people can't. And this is a quote that I heard on the Mindset Mentor podcast. I've talked about it quite a few times on here. I don't know if he was quoting someone else, so don't quote me on the original person. But I like to keep this quote in mind to keep me motivated and on track and consistent in my work. You know, the concept of doing the things now that other people won't, that they're choosing not to, that they refuse to, that they don't know that they should be doing. Doing those things now so that later in life I can do the things that other people cannot because they didn't have that forethought. They didn't have the time put into these things that I'm trying to create and build over time. So I typically think of it in that context, but it's also really great to think about in the context of safety equipment and things that are going to keep us safe in the workshop. Because if you do the things now that other people maybe 
we won't say won't, but aren't doing or don't know that they should be doing or whatever that looks like. Do those things now so that later in life we can do the things that other people can't, whether that be because they have gotten sick from their carelessness or, you know, maybe they're not around to be able to do these furniture makeovers. It's a little morbid to say, but the reality is this type of work does have a lot of opportunities for impact on your health and your body in multiple ways. The chemicals we use, the work that we do and how hard it is on our bodies with the lifting and the bending and the airborne particles. There's a lot of things that most people aren't interacting with in their day-to-day lives. So we have to be smart about what we're doing now so that we're able to, if we want to, to do this for the rest of our lives. So make those choices, pay the money up front for the things that are going to keep you safe. I know it's a bit of a bummer when you're first starting out and you have so many upfront costs for all the tools and all the products and all the things. And you're like, yeah, maybe I'll just put off buying a respirator and wait until I sell my next piece or something like that. Before you even do your first makeover, invest in those precautionary measures because you never won't regret it. Double negatives? Who is she? You're never going to regret it. I promise. So do the things now that other people won't, that other people can't, that other people aren't, so that later in life we can do the things that other people can't. All right, that's it for now. I appreciate your time and I will catch you guys next week.